0: When the light turned green i really 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 thought i was going to go but but i didn't it, we are in a perilous time right now when the decisions that we make while they may seem like they're our decisions they have some greater impact than even what we may know we may think we're making a decision for right now that actually No, it's a decision that's gonna impact 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 years from now. And there's also a truth that we may have made a decision five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that today is changing the way the world operates. Let that sink in for a minute, because today we're gonna talk about what it means to make those decisions in the finite moments that have a much longer ramification. And I'm gonna tell you right now, this message isn't for everybody. This is a battle cry for some, it's a challenge for others, it's a warning for others, and for some it's just gonna, well, frankly, it's just gonna piss you off. But uh, I'll leave it up to you, and if you choose not to watch it, then you've been warned. This is your advanced trigger warning for today's message on Leading Leaders Podcast. Welcome to Leading Leaders Podcast. Five minute videos, five days a week. When I stopped at the red light, I was about 15 years old. just had my first motorcycle. I was really impressed with myself and how quick it was. It was my first on-road motorcycle. I'd ridden dirt bikes and stuff since I was eight or nine years old, but this was my first street bike, and it was a 400cc, pretty big bike for a 15-year-old first time riding on the streets in Dallas. And I stopped at the red light, and up next to me pulls this beautiful little probably 65, 66 Mustang convertible. It was loud. It was full of people. It was gonna be on when that light changed green. I was ready to go and the light changed green and I dumped the clutch and I floored it and the bike stalled because like an idiot, I was in third gear. Three, not one, three. And so the bike lunged forward and then it died and I sat there humiliated, embarrassed as I watched this little Mustang just fly through the intersection until about halfway through the intersection, a truck that ran the red light from the other direction hit the back of that Mustang and it spun around about four times. Now I didn't stay long enough to see all the carnage. I had to get out of Dodge. I didn't want to see everything that happened. At 15 years old, I was more terrified than anything else. But I can tell you right now, I'm firmly convinced that there was something divine that interceded in that moment, that stepped in in that moment like a full on stiff arm to stop me from going through that intersection, either beside or in front of that car. I believe there was a spiritual influence that took place right then, right there for a greater purpose. I don't know if you live your life with the awareness or the cognition that we live in a spiritual world and we manifest a physical body. We are a spiritual being with a soul that is unique to ourselves and live in a manifested physical body. That reality cannot be overlooked even in the voting booth. you got to let that sink in for a minute. It is a big, big deal to understand that everything we see on geopolitical uh, circles, everything we see in American politics, in global politics, in the Space Force now, right? We're now interplanetary politics is going to come into play, I guess, soon. But if we ignore the fact that we are first a spiritual foundation, it's real easy to get caught up in the mud of all of the silliness that goes on around us. Crime and politics, drugs and prostitution, sex trafficking, the list goes on and on. And oh yeah, this world has its problems. But much larger are the problems that we don't see. Problems that truly do exist outside the realm of the visible. I believe firmly in angels and demons. I believe firmly in an almighty God who is the creator of heaven and earth and that he has a nemesis, not an equal. Not an equal, but a nemesis, a pest. A a, a pest who does have a lot more power than most humans are willing to acknowledge. A a pest who does have an agenda much deeper than most humans are willing to acknowledge. A pest who can and will take your life. Says so, the word says that he only comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy and i believe there have been multiple occasions in my life probably more than i have actually put my mind to to grips with where the hand of an almighty god has said i'm not done with you yet and that nemesis that enemy has done everything he could to take me out and i know i'm not the only one i know there are people who are watching right now who if they were to take the time and bear up the courage to say I've seen the hand of God at work in my life, that you would also have those stories where your life has been spared, miraculously, without explanation, and with no just cause. Or something happened to someone beside you, and it didn't happen to you, but it could have. Whether it was calamity financially, or emotionally, or relationally, or it was actual physical harm or death that could have come to your body, there was a divine hand that interceded and said, not this one, not yet. Now, if you've lived a moment of your life like that and you know for a fact that you've got a calling on your life and you know for a fact that you're alive in this season because you're not done with your assignment yet, then you need to get serious with yourself and you need to get serious with God's word. You need to get your face back in there and you need to listen more closely to the Holy Spirit because we are in a season right now where human counterparts, are being employed by a demonic force, in my opinion, and I believe there's significant evidence for it, to shut down the church. I don't just mean to to close the doors. That's not what I'm talking about. While that is part of it, I'm also talking about uh, one example. There's a sitting representative who in the summer of this year said, quote, let this moment radicalize you. Her exact words. Let this moment radicalize you. And less than six months later, she said, quote, we have systems to de-radicalize those people. We have systems to de-radicalize those people. Now, here's the difference. The ones that she wanted to radicalize, let this moment radicalize you, were ones who were very vocal, very violent, very destructive, and very intent on bringing down what we would have to call law and order. But when she talks about those that she wants to de-radicalize and that we have systems to de-radicalize them, she's very clear that she's talking about, quote, Christian nationalists. That would be someone who believes in faith, family, and freedom, like myself. That would be someone who believes in God and country, like myself. And I would guess like many of you who have taken the time to watch this more than five-minute message. My challenge to you is really clear, though. As leaders, our job is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. If we allow ourselves to be silenced, there will be no influence. But make no mistake, platforms... Are watching closely. They might consider what I've said today to be disruptive. They might consider what I've said today to be seditious, malicious, unpatriotic. The truth of the matter is, I believe. And I, I believe there's sufficient evidence for this. I, I, would, I would challenge your evidence to the contrary, although there are documents being created today to say that we need to get away from the God and country concept. We even need to get God off of our paperwork and out of our courthouses and, and out of our Constitution, but that's really hard since the Constitution was written by men who believe firmly in a God. Um, I believe there's sufficient evidence for that. We need to understand that the idea of God and country uh, together is a rare one. It, it's rare in the United States, it's it's rare around the world, it, it's rare. And it's becoming more rare. And it is a target of many who would say, we need to separate God from country altogether. They believe that what they call separation of church and state, which I believe is a myth, they believe that is a doctrine that we need to adhere to and that God should have nothing to do with our country and. And I'm afraid if we reach that space, then our country is in trouble. But I do believe that the the ability to speak what we know to be truth, the opportunity to share it, is going to be pinched. It's going to be closed down as much as possible. Uh, We know in, in other nations, just using a quote from the Bible will get you thrown in prison. We know in other places you can lose your head for it, quite literally. I don't know how far those days are from American soil, but I do believe that there are those, like myself, where the hand of God has stiff-armed an opportunity for our lives to be taken short, for our message to be silenced too soon. And I believe that for those of us who recognize that, those of us who have been called for that purpose, those of us who have been given a gift to communicate, We have an incredible responsibility. Stay the course, hold fast. That doesn't mean to start trouble. That doesn't mean to cause trouble. That doesn't mean to be trouble. It doesn't mean to get in trouble. There's no need for violence on Earth. Our war is not here. Our war is in heaven. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers and the rulers of the dark ages. Oh yeah, they will manifest themselves in a physical place right here in front of you. They will put a knife to your throat. They will put a gun to your head. Been there, done that. But I've also seen the hand of an almighty God intercede in vehicle accidents that no one should have walked away from. I've had a loaded weapon to my head. And I'm telling you right now, this God we serve is an almighty God And he ain't playing. But I also want you to know that although vengeance belongs to him and not to us, he promises, 2 Peter 3, 9, that he is not willing that any should perish. He's not slow. He's patient. Huge difference. Not slow, but patient. Huge difference. Our job, as those who would call his name, who would ask him for help, who would cry out to him in the middle of the night when a loved one is sick, who would ask, beg, borrow anything they could do to get the attention of an almighty God when they don't feel well, when their bank account is upside down, when their life is in shambles, when they can't get through all the red lights and they keep getting stopped and they're praying and crying out and saying, God, please help me with this. And he's saying, I will. I just need you to know that I'm going to call on you sometime too. Let me end with this story. Christmas, about two years ago, my wife and I stopped for a hot chocolate, and both of the cups, her hot chocolate and my coffee were both very hot, and so we asked for ice water as well. And as we were leaving the the little cafe we were at, my habit for the 20 plus years that we've been married, almost 27 now, uh, is to open the door for her. I believe she deserves that. And so when we got ready to leave the table, we picked up all of our cups and And I couldn't pick up both cups and open the door for her. Uh, So we threw away one water. We had her drink, my drink and the water. And I looked at her and I said, look, if I'm going to open doors for you, you're going to have to carry water for me. And it didn't seem like an unreasonable request. It seemed perfectly logical. It seemed very simple. And by the time we got to the car, I felt like God was tapping me on the shoulder and nuddling on my ear at the same time saying, are you listening? Did you hear what you just said? Do you understand that I have the same expectation? If I'm going to open doors for you, you're going to have to carry water for me. And I believe that call is to you right now as well. If you're listening, if you're expecting God to open doors for you in your ministry, in your business, in relationships, you're going to have to carry water for him. If you're expecting God to go before you and make a way to put your enemies under your feet like a footstool if you're expecting him to lay out a buffet in front of you like he did for David where all the enemies gathered around and he was still in control if that's what you expect of an almighty God then he's going to expect you to carry some water and carrying some water might mean that you lay down your life for a friend it might mean that you take a little verbal abuse it might mean that Your financial position shifts when you have to choose loyalties. It might mean that friends that you've called friends all along who will divide with you over politics or religion love them as they go. But if you want God to open doors for you, primarily the doors of heaven, but in this world as well, then it may be time for you to carry water for him. My challenge to you as leaders, as influencers, wherever it is that God has placed you, whether it's your middle school classroom, a foreign nation, or in the halls of Congress in the United States, if you believe in an almighty God and Jesus Christ as his son, if you believe that he died on the cross and rose again on the third day and now sits in heaven with all power and authority, if you believe that he stormed the gates of hell, took the keys of death and hell and walked out again, Then you believe he has the power to do what needs to be done to open doors that no man can open and shut doors that no man can shut. Then that means that you have an obligation to carry some water. That means that you need to be willing to lay down your life for a friend. That means that you need to be able to take on some shame, take on some reality, take on some guilt, confess that you're not perfect any more than I am or or any other human on this earth at this moment, but that you need his help to speak his name, to speak the truth. If you wanna speak well of the living and the dead, start with that name Jesus. Oh, trust me, it's a stumbling block. It's gonna cause some problem for people. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.